the dog was walking towards me. I didn't, I didn't even pay attention, I guess I was tired. And all of a sudden, I just feel this, like it's something on my leg, like a, a pressure. Didn't bark, didn't make a noise, just came at me, bit my leg and walked away. What? And as I'm looking at it, blood starts coming out. That is one of my biggest fears when it comes to dogs in general. In this episode, we're going to chat about the very deadly rabies disease. One, what is it like to get bitten by a random stray dog in South America? Two, what's it like seeking medical attention in another country? And three, what's it like to not only spread the rabies vaccine doses over the course of a month, but keep it refrigerated while you travel? In this case, the bite is worse than the bark, and I don't mind sitting this one out in a doghouse. You're listening to the Travel Horror Stories Podcast, a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you. Then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks, prevention treats, horror hacks, and follow-up tactics. The goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches, sunshine, and margaritas. And as always, you can head over to TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com for this and all the previous episodes, their show notes, and links to all the other places you enjoy listening to podcasts. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment because that will help more people find the show. And now live from the Rudderless Travel Studio in downtown Toronto, Canada, here's your host, Christopher Rudder. Who let the dogs out? (laughs) Yes. Welcome to the 1st of June, my friends. The weather of late has been absolutely incredible. Uh, It's been hot. Summer is in full swing. I love it. It's patio weather. Now, I mentioned this in my Road Trip Ontario newsletter, which, of course, if you're planning to travel around the province of Ontario here in Canada, you can join that newsletter by visiting roadtripontario.ca. But the province of Ontario has announced a plan to normal, which is a plan to get back to normal. And according to this plan, they might have us sitting on a patio as early as June 15th. Can you imagine that? Woo! Very exciting times as more and more people are getting vaccinated and the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter. But you know what makes my day bright? I'm going to get cheesy. Is you guys. I'm so excited that you guys are joining me today. And on today's episode, we have Marie from The Big Travel Nut. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Well, I'm doing well. My blog is called Big Travel Nut. And that's because I am a big travel nut. But what it's about is actually um, affordable solo travel for the 40 plus crowd. So I travel on a budget uh, so that I, I can travel as much as possible. But I focus my um, my blog posts on people who are a little bit older. So, you know, 40 plus, usually we kind of, we, we try to have our own room and sort of bathroom. We like a bit of comfort. So it's not so much about hostels and really true string and nightclubs. It's more about, you know, being comfortable and the culture of a place and, you know, some soft adventure here and there. Food, wine, coffee. Taking it easy and, and 
enjoying. Um, yes, and as most people know, that my travel blog is really about short trips and and uh, stopovers and layovers. And I I will always remember that that post that you wrote uh, for which publication was it? It was. Um, you wrote about stopovers, turning stopovers into a play. Budget travel, budgettravel.com. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a fantastic article. It was really good. Thank you. Uh, let's let's play a little game. So we're gonna play uh, three stories, two truths, and a lie. So you're gonna tell me three stories. Um, two of them are true, one of them is a lie, and I'm going to try to guess which one is the lie. Okay. Uh, all right. Story number one. Uh, once I was in, in Egypt with my boyfriend and some guy on the street came up to us and actually offered my boyfriend to buy me off in exchange for two camels. <laughs> sorry, that's the first story. The okay. second story is um, the first time I actually hitchhiked. I was 52 okay. in New Zealand. Wow, okay. And uh, the third story is, third story is um, when I was traveling in England a long time ago, I took the Dover ferry across to France. And when I came out the ferry, I came out the wrong exit and ended up in a tour bus <laughs> on its way to Amsterdam. So, so keep in mind that okay, I'm I'm usually pretty good at this game for some reason, uh, but I'm gonna go with um, uh, man. Uh, I, I'm going to go with <laughs> you with your boyfriend and them trying to trade you for camels. Yes, it is the lie. <laughs> it is the lie. You're very good. But you know, this, yes. this actually happened to people that I met. This has happened to people that I met in Egypt. No no way. So it, they, they do do that. Yeah, it just did not happen to me but because I wasn't with my boyfriend in Egypt. <laughs> but yeah, it's happened to people, couples. Yeah, wow. yeah, they they approached the guy and it was great too. That was in the '90s, so I'm not sure if they've progressed a bit since then. <laughs> I, I know it sounded so. ridiculous, but I, I I heard it from more than one person, so I, I kind of believe it. Wow. Okay. And then explain the other two then. Uh, so you you got off the, the the ferry and ended up in a tour bus. Yeah. I know. Don't don't. Yeah. Hopefully this will never hurt. You heard again. That I wrote about this on my blog. It's my most embarrassing. This is my most embarrassing story. The dog bite is my scariest story. This is my most embarrassing story right. because the Dover Ferry is a huge ship. It's like a hotel, basically. So you lose sense of direction. You don't know where you came from. You know, when they say, okay, we've arrived, let's come out, you're kind of going, okay, where's the exit? And then you see a lineup of people on their assigned that smart exit, and you go, oh, okay, they're going out, you know, the boat. You follow them down. But you know, there are many exits. So that exit is actually going into uh, the bus level when these people were on a tour. And and wow. you exit from the staircase and you go straight into the bus. And I'm going, where am I? What? 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 Everybody spoke, spoke Dutch. Ah. And I realized I wasn't in the right place and the bus started moving and I'm going, whoa, 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 stop, stop the bus. Oh, no. I'm not supposed to be here. And the second story was... Oh, I, uh, I hitchhiked at 52. Never hitchhiked right. before. So, I was in New Zealand and I uh, was trying to get to the beginning of a hike and they everybody was telling me it was safe to hitchhike. They told really? me, yeah, hitchhike, go to this corner at this hour and put this under your sign and 
and somebody's going to stop. I went, are you kidding? It's 2016. I'm 52 years old. I'm going to hitchhike. I said, sure. Everybody hitchhikes here. Normal. Well, at first it was a bit, well, kind of, I don't know, maybe not scary, but I felt really ridiculous. <laughs> you know, standing by the side of the road with my thumb out. It's like a bad movie or something. You go, nobody does that. <laughs> and then, wow. yeah, a car, did, a car did stop. A car did stop. It was a woman, but she wasn't going far enough, so I kept waiting. And then a, and then a car stopped in the distance. That was creepy. Why is this stop for me? And I approached the car, and there was a guy inside, like by himself, which is what I did not want. Right. But in the end, you know, I got in the car anyway, and this, he, was, he was another tourist. He was going to do the same like I was going to do. So we spent the whole day together, and he brought me back. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned out well. It, it turned out good. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a bad story. Okay, no, that's, that's awesome. No, thank you for playing the game. That was fun. Yeah, and you're pretty good. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to fool you, but it didn't work. <laughs> What would you do if just one week before your much anticipated and expensive trip to Antarctica, just before that, you get bitten by a dog in Argentina? That is exactly what happened to Marie. So Marie, what was happening at that time? Like, what inspired you to go to Argentina first and then Antarctica after? Well, Antarctica was really the, the whole goal of the trip so i booked that first i had booked that a year prior right you have to book these things early because they um and well it, it's cheap by today's standard but back then in 2005 i thought it was a pretty expensive trip so that would have been booked and but you don't go all the way to you know antarctica and spend 10 days and come right back to canada it's way too far i thought let's make it a bigger trip let's visit other countries uh, the trip left from ushuaia in antarctica uh, in uh, argentina I said, well, that would be a good chance to see Argentina as well. And Uruguay, which is right also next to Argentina. So the trip was 10 weeks long. It was 10 days Antarctica cruise. Um, I think 10 days Uruguay and the rest was all uh, Argentina. So, so it was, so the beginning was three weeks. I landed in Buenos Aires. I was going to spend, I think it was one week in, one week in Buenos Aires and into Uruguay, then back into Argentina to go to Iguazu Falls, then back down to Ushuaia, cruise, then up um, Patagonia along the Andes. Um, nice. And then I was going to end up back into Buenos Aires at the end of the 10 weeks. So it was a pretty major trip. Um, and then, so that went, it started well. The first couple of weeks were good. Went to Buenos Aires, Uruguay, came back, flew to Iguazu, that, that's where the whole story, that story happens. Flew into Puerto Iguazu, which is the uh, the little village which you have on the Argentinian side of the falls. That's where people stay. Right. And I got a guest house in one of the back streets. So it's a very small place, kind of like dusty streets. You, know, you have one main road. Puerto, Igu Puerto Iguazu is actually, I guess that is relevant. It's in the northeast of Argentina. So it's, it's almost tropical. It's very hot. And it was in their okay. summers. It was very hot and humid. Right. And I guess that's this part of the story. So I was wearing shorts. So my legs were bare, right? I didn't have pants on. I had shorts on and a t-shirt on all the time because it was so hot. Um, 
And so the first day I was there, I went to see Glossary Falls from the village, and I spent the whole day there. Then I wet, took the boat under the falls. I was completely soaking wet by the time I was coming back home that night. I was hot and tired and wet, and I was I was actually on my way right. back to my guest house on this one of those back streets when I noticed this guy coming the opposite direction with a dog walking behind him. It was a small. It wasn't a big dog. It wasn't a it wasn't aggressive. It was just like a little brown dog just walking behind the guy. So I thought, okay, that's a guy with his dog. And, uh, yeah, I guess the mistake I did was to stop looking at the dog and start looking at the guy. I was thinking in my head, I don't like him. He doesn't look very nice. He doesn't look very trustworthy. I don't know. And I was just, I don't know, just make, you know, making him that story in my head. Mm. And while I was doing that, the dog was walking okay. towards me. I didn't, I didn't even pay attention. I guess I was tired. And all of a sudden, I just feel this, I guess, something on my leg, like a, a pressure on my left calf and, and I look down and there's you know the dog is already the dog is already walking away didn't oh, bark man. didn't make a noise just came at me bit my leg and walked away and I'm looking at this bruise that's on my leg already going <sighs> and the teeth mark and going what what and as I'm looking at it blood starts coming out of the, of the teeth marks I go can I say on your show because <laughs> I was swearing and, and just getting scared and just Thinking my my trip is destroyed. It's like my trip is destroyed, wow. right? Like you know, it all comes in your head at the same time. You know, what you know? I mean, a dog bite is not good. I don't know. I, do I have rabies? I have to do something about it. I, I can I still go on my Antarctica trip? Is this gonna? You know, you get all these things in your mind. Yeah, and yeah. I, I just looked at the guy and, and told him in Spanish. I said, "Look, what, look, look, look what your dog did. What? Look, what? I mean." And this guy said, that, that's not my dog. He said, that's dog, that dog is crazy. <laughs> I just kept oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. So I guess my initial idea was right. This guy was crap. He was just, I said, okay, well, this guy is not going to help me. Okay, so at that point, I realized that I, I was pretty much on my own. Uh, and I was in, like, problem-solving mode. So I rushed back to my guest house, went to the bathroom, rinsed the wound because I had somewhere read that you know, you're supposed to wash it with soap and water. So I was there in the shower trying to you know, get the, the dirt off and the blood off and grab my passport, vaccination card, money. Um, I think I had already told the lady at the front desk to call me a taxi to go to a clinic. I had no idea. I realized it was Sunday night, basically. I'm thinking, are the clinic going to be open in this little Pueblo on a Sunday night? No clue. Fingers crossed. Got in the cab. Got rushed there. There was a, there was a, there was one nurse in the clinic and she was very nice. She didn't speak English though. And my Spanish wasn't that great at the time. So I said, no, I was trying to explain. The dog bit me, but I think it was quite obvious because there were wow, yeah. you know, one, one big tooth mark and four little tooth mark and a, yeah. a semicircle on my leg and a big bruise at that point. So she cleaned it up and she said, oh, you know, you may need a tetanus shot. I said, oh, no, I've had that. Uh, that, that points to the importance of getting all your vaccination shots. In a timely manner, because I, I was able to prove that I had had the tetanus shot before I left. Uh, so the tetanus thing was clear, but I was what I was worried about, of course, was rabies. So that's what you right. think about when you get bitten by a strange dog. Um, but course. I didn't know the word in Spanish for rabies. And um, I think she said she was going to call the doctor to come in anyway, because I looked really freaked out at that point, I think. 
I, I was there. I waited for the doctor to arrive, and I could imagine this poor guy, you know, having dinner with his family at 7 p.m. on a Sunday and being being <laughs> called because some foreigner got bitten by a dog. Uh, but he came, and he came pretty quickly. Um, but while I was waiting for him, I remember how despondent I felt. I was I was actually staring at the curtains, and they had funny patterns. I'm just staring at the curtains. Why? Why is this happening now? And uh, so the doctor showed up, didn't speak English either. <laughs> um, and I was trying to tell him, what? I, what? You know, what about rabies? And so I said, what? I said, you know, when dogs go crazy, um, and, and they have foam on their mouth. He said, ah, rabia. He said, oh, rabia. I said, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> rabia. So, what about that? I was going to say, you could have just put some toothpaste in your mouth and <laughs> just foam like really, yes. really yes. so yes, yes. I, I did take toothpaste with me to the clinic. No, I did not. Uh, but <laughs> I, got my point, I got my point across. And he said, and, but then I, I'll never forget what he said because that was very strange. He said, and I understood that, which is, impressive uh, he said don't worry he said there's no rabies here because um, there's a vaccination program and all the dogs get are have been uh, immunized and I remember oh. thinking that sounds bizarre how yeah. would you do that how would you catch all the stray dogs and immunize them that doesn't make much sense so anyway he yeah. said, so don't worry you know here's some antibiotics and some gauze and some pills and you know painkillers and he just gave me all these prescriptions and sent me to the drugstore and good night and i left <laughs> and i you know, got the prescriptions filled and i took the antibiotics i think the pain i didn't need the painkillers it wasn't that painful was, i was just walking with a bit of a limp it was more like i was still worried about this rabies i'm going this doesn't yeah. compute that so the following day after a whole night of not sleeping listening to dogs barking all over town <laughs> of course just to, to add insult them. to injury <laughs> yeah i know they're, just, they're everywhere they're barking <laughs> following day i went to an internet cafe because you know, i wasn't carrying a computer by then that was 2005 by the way i don't know if i mentioned wow. that and uh went to an internet cafe started researching you know rabies in argentina and i couldn't find anywhere that it said there's no rabies in argentina it said there's no rabies in uruguay where i had just been and i'm thinking why couldn't have been bitten in Uruguay. <laughs> there's no rabies in Uruguay, officially. It's a very small country. But Argentina, no, I could not find that information. So I ended up emailing my travel doctor in Toronto right. uh, and telling him the whole story and saying, what do I do? Help me. <laughs> Help. And, was, and then I waited. And, and I was really scared because I had to go for dinner every night and walk through this town in the dark and these dogs were still there on the streets. Yeah, yeah. And I was so scared. I remember I was drinking a lot of wine with dinner just so I could walk back to my place. I had the courage to you know, walk wow. through the streets with the dogs. Wow. Uh, and, the, and the following day, they, my, the doctor replied. And that, that his, his response actually sent a chill, chill down my back because he said, there is rabies in Argentina and people have died from it. No. But no. Get, your, get yourself to a clinic as soon as possible and get the rabies shots. Oh and my said, gosh. And he said, and, but he was very helpful. He left me a couple of addresses of clinics in Buenos Aires, oh, okay. where I was fortunately flying to the following day uh, because it has to, you have to start the vaccines within a week of being bitten. Oh my gosh. If you don't and you have rabies, you die. Oh uh, my gosh. As, as soon as wow. you start showing symptoms of rabies, you die. It's 100%. Oh I knew that, that. I knew that. That's why I'm, I was 
freaking out, right? Because you don't want to take any chance with rabies. You, of course. You, you know, I could I could have either said, okay, I probably don't have rabies. Let's just do nothing. That's not me, though. I'm too careful. Oh, I could have right, just right. panicked and, and you know, booked myself a flight back to Canada and completely ruined my trip to Antarctica. Or I could do what right. uh, I was trying to do then, which is to deal with it right there, you know, in Argentina. I'm thinking, come on, this is not... This is not the middle of Africa. Like it's Argentina. Surely we can do something. They have vaccines somewhere. So as soon as I landed in right. Buenos Aires, I took a taxi straight to one of those clinics. And there, there was a doctor who finally spoke English. And I got everything sorted out. Well, it sounds easy, but it was a drag, like you'll see. Um, they said, okay, you got bitten by a dog. We don't know. We cannot test the dog. So we have to assume that possible that the dog could be infected with rabies or something uh right. okay so we're going to prescribe the, the whole series of uh, rabies shots to you it's five vaccines plus a shot of gamma globulin which they always do i'm not sure what that does they give you that straight in the room which sounds painful but i was so relieved at this point that some solution was finally coming together you know that yeah yeah something was going on i actually understood what they were telling me and it made sense and fortunately, I also I had health insurance because this whole thing cost me a thousand dollars. Gamma globulin, gamma globulin is expensive. So they gave me the shot, the gamma globulin, which is a lot of liquid that goes into the the wound and makes it look even more, you know, swollen and already is. And then they gave me vaccine number one in the arm. It's not the stomach, so they don't really hurt these uh, vaccines. These rabies vaccines are just like regular muscular, you know, intramuscular vaccine. So that's that's fine. Like, it's like a shot, right? Yeah, it's like a vaccine, like in the arm. Okay. okay. Uh, then they said, okay, so now there are four more. You need to get those vaccines on specific days. Vaccine number two is on day three. Vaccine number three is on day seven. Vaccine number oh. four is on day 14. Vaccine number five is on day 30. It's over a month. And they said these vaccines have to be kept between two and eight degrees Celsius the, the whole time, or they go, you know, they, they don't work anymore. So here they are in a styrofoam box with packets of dry ice, Sterilized needles and uh, alcohol pads and whatever. So on the proper day, you have to go to a clinic or a doctor and get the vaccine. You have to do this four more times. Right. On the right. So now I'm, I'm, and then they charge my credit card a thousand dollars. Of course, yeah. And then uh, I said bye bye now. Okay, thank you. And so I was I was stuck, and then I realized okay, good because okay, I've kind of solved my problem. I can still go to Antarctica. But now I'm stuck for 30 days trying, having to keep these vaccines in two and eight degrees at all times. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so what's that? What's the equivalent of that temperature? Like, what? Like, is that like? Is it like Luke? Like, is it cold or is it? It's like, like a fridge temperature. Oh, like, like, like a temperature you're, you're, in your fridge, like yogurt. Oh you, know, you have to keep it. You know. Like, okay, imagine so you, if I'm carrying yogurt. So you for need a to month. keep. It, <laughs> so you need to keep it at the temperature of a fridge. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I well, you are going to Antarctica, so. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but it's uh, too cold, right? I mean, anyway, you have to keep, basically, the thing is you have to keep it in the fridge. It's, uh, it has to be refrigerated. Right, uh, right, right, And the longest it can live with outside of a fridge is 12 hours. If oh, I keep my it in, gosh. If I keep it in the styrofoam box, which is like an insulator, with the dry ice, it will keep 12 hours. So now I'm thinking, okay, so now, okay. Um, I can do that in my current guest house. On the boat, there'll be a doctor and a clinic and a fridge. 
And but then after that, I'm gonna have to fly between my destinations. I cannot take buses. Patagonia is very, very wide territory, and the bus rides are typically 12 to 14 hours, which right. is very long. And so I cannot take buses anymore. I have to fly. I have to book flights between. Okay, but first thing first. So on the third day, I was in Ushuaia about to board my boat. I went to a clinic with my box, my prescription, and got somebody to give me vaccine number two. And then I boarded the boat and went straight to the doctor and said, can you put this box in your fridge, please? And I'll be back on Wednesday for a rabies shot. So I did my Antarctica cruise. It was amazing. And I was so kind of, I was actually proud of myself that I dealt with this and managed to not, you know, freak out and let it fall apart. So it was happening. Everything was fine. The bite, well, it was still kind of swollen, but, you know, all the doctors kept saying, yeah, it's normal. Uh, dogs have a lot of bacteria in their mouth. So it tends to, to make very ugly, you know, it looks ugly. It's like a big blue purple bruise that stays there for like a week or two. And you were able to walk okay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, yeah, I could, okay. you know, feel it sometimes. It wasn't, yeah, the bruise, it looked worse than it felt. Right, really. okay. Uh, because it, it, it didn't bite very deep. It was a small dog, with a small mouth, but right. still, it, you know, all it takes is one puncture and some Yeah, dirt. totally. You may be infected with it. I mean, obviously, there's bacteria in there. I, kept, I, I think I was still taking the antibiotics because there's so much crap in the dog's mouth. It's right, right. Uh, so I did, and after the cruise, uh, I was back in Ushuaia, went back to the same clinic for shot number four on day 14. Then I had to wait two weeks with this bloody box waiting for the last shot, which is on day 30. So I traveled for two weeks in Patagonia, and every time I would go to a hostel, I would go to a place that had a fridge, right? And I would put this thing in the fridge and write in big letters, in Spanish and English, vaccine, do not remove from fridge, and just hope that somebody wouldn't come along to clean the fridge one day and you know, ignore it and just put it in the countertop or something. I, I was deadly afraid that these things would go bad. Yeah, of course. And finally, on day 30, I think I was in Calafate, got the last vaccine, and I was so happy. I've rarely been this happy in my life to get be getting rid of this styrofoam box. <laughs> Not have to worry about this anymore. It's like, I'm done. I've got all my shots. I don't need to carry this box. I threw it in the garbage. I, I went to it restaurant i had steak and red wine <laughs> celebrated all alone but who cares <laughs> wow so i can't what an incredible story this, <laughs> oh my gosh this segment is brought to you by gps my city do you love exploring cities on foot at your own pace well gps my city's mobile apps available on ios and android feature self-guided city walks and gps powered travel articles written by travel bloggers and travel content creators for over 1,000 cities worldwide visit the link in the show notes to learn more all right, let's break this down. Let's talk about that a little bit. There's a couple of things that I noticed. So, um, so you're first of all, I think you were kind of lucky in a sense that you, I mean, from um, Antarctica, that's obviously another country. So, what was that like crossing from Argentina to Antarctica with? like the styrofoam that did border security or anyone give you any trouble that you had those vaccine oh, but, shots? Chris, Antarctica is not a country. Oh. There's no border. Uh, what happens is like there are several countries that have like a base there. 
also part, I think we went to the Argentinian part of Antarctica. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Or okay. they, or whatever, whatever it was, there's no, there's no borders. Okay, Just okay. get on your boat and then you sail. And by the way, I got very seasick, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> uh, you sail um, through the Drake Passage for like a day and a half. And then you arrive in Antarctica and it's, no, no, that's it. There's no, there's no oh, border. Okay, so so luckily for you, I guess in a sense, is that you stayed technically within the same country, so you didn't need to worry about taking drugs or anything across but the I, border. I think it would have been okay because I had the prescription, right? Right, I right. That yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. Justified to be carrying this, I okay, fair I enough. Would like, I would. I like to think that even if I had been crossing a border, like, and I think at some point I was thinking of maybe going to Chile, uh, and. and Hoping that that would not be a big issue, right. but who knows? Right? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so, so, um, so talk about so the insurance. So, what type of insurance did you have overall that sort of protected you uh, that you were able to get your money back? Because a thousand dollars is a lot. So, is there anything particular that you had on your insurance um, that helped mm, this, or was it just standard insurance? It was, it was standard travel insurance. And I wasn't, to be honest, until I actually got my money back, I wasn't sure they were going to pay back. I made a claim hoping they wouldn't pay me back. You never know with insurance. Right. I had called I had called them ahead of time. Even before I got to Buenos Aires, I called them and said, I've been bitten by a, a dog here in Argentina. It's likely I'll need vaccinations and all that. Is this covered? And all those things like, well, you know, submit a claim. Submit a claim. I go, okay, but is it covered? <laughs> no, submit a claim. Okay, okay. We can't okay. guarantee anything, but send it anyways. <sighs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I was actually happy that, strangely, just before I left, my mother had given me $1,000, and I'm not sure why. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. Mothers, because my account. Mothers always know. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? My mother, my, I mean, my parents didn't have much money. Why would she give me $1,000? And at that point, my account was pretty empty. Oh my god! Because I, yeah, I had been, you know, planning this big trip, and when I left, I'm thinking, okay, I've paid. This is all paid for, so I don't need more money. Just need a little wow. bit of money to take out of the ATM. I'm good. Wow. Uh, but if if without this thousand dollars my mother had given me, when it came time to pay my credit card, I wouldn't have had the cash. Wow. I would have had to, you know, basically uh, get incur interest on my credit card, which I guess lots of people do, but I don't tend to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in that situation, to be honest with you, when I travel, I, um, I do have my visa card with me, but I do buy my tickets and, and everything, my accommodations and all that stuff is paid for because I saved the money up for it. So all that mm -hmm. stuff is paid for ahead right. of time. So I'm not using my credit card for anything. So this would be literally an emergency situation, which is, would be the reason why I would have my credit card in the first place. Right. And I was glad they took credit card in this hospital. That was Argentina. Imagine if I had been in, I don't know, Congo or something. Yeah, no <laughs> or kidding. Or a place eh? where they don't take They want cash, yeah, right? No kidding. They're asking for $1,000 in cash. I did. Oh, yeah. What? what? That's crazy. Um, so about this <laughs> yeah. vaccine card, I guess because the majority of the places that I've ever been have been in Europe uh, or America. Um, I've been to, you know, uh, Asia, like, uh, well, the Turkey side of Asia. And I've been to, to Africa, but more Casablanca. So I've never needed a vaccine card. I never had to, had to get one. So what was, why did you already have a vaccine card uh, and how did you get that? Well, when I, every time, every time I went to get some vaccinations at the travel clinic, like typhoid or yeah, typhoid or you have a fever or hepatitis A, I, so I started 
traveling in Asia in the mid-90s. So that's when I started getting my shots. They give you this yellow card, the shot you've had and the dates. Okay, I've had that yellow card uh, as a kid. Um, like So all the, the typical shots that you get as a kid, and then there's certain shots yeah. that you need to re- um, get over when you become an adult. But is there any shots that you're doing specifically because you're going to South America? Uh, well, there are some, like typhoid, which you get for lots of countries, usually developing countries, okay, like Southeast gotcha. Asia and some, some parts of, uh, well, probably Africa too. I, I don't travel much in Africa, South America. The yellow fever, I think something's changed about the yellow Well, there's a, the, it's usually yellow fever, typhoid, hepatitis A, uh, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. there are not that many, but there are a few that you want to keep. Oh, and of course, the, the, the regular ones, like uh, polio, tetanus, bacteria. Measles. Which you, get, which you get as a kid, but you need a booster as an adult. Otherwise, right. they, they don't work anymore. That's right. So I was uh, always up to date on all my shots. And I always had this card with oh, me. So that's, like, uh, I carry this with my passport. So there, that was good. Always, that was good that you did that. So that's a good takeaway from that. Um, and if there, otherwise, otherwise they would have just given me a, a, a new tetanus shot. Like I think if I couldn't have proved that I just had one, or if I had one long time ago, they would have given me a new one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so what do you think you could have done differently? I mean, the dog, I mean, do you think that if you maybe cross the street or did someplace else or walk some other place, do you think that yeah, that might have changed the story? About, <laughs> I thought about that a lot, Chris. I thought about that a lot. Like, wow, what could I have done differently? And the only thing I can think of is keep your eyes on the dog. Uh-huh. So now I always do that. If I see a stray dog near me, uh, yes, I will try to I'll make a big, you know, detour around it or cross the street or at least just make sure that, you know, it's far enough from my legs. Keep my eyes on the dog. <laughs> and Stop looking at the people. Just look, you know, they're not going to bite you normally. Well, I just don't know about that either. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have a very different life from mine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, keep your eyes on the dog. Uh, and, and don't do what I see some people do. I saw some people do that in Thailand. I couldn't believe it. Some families with young kids were, were petting stray dogs on the beach. Oh, gosh. I wanted to scream, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, there's, but, uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, in um, in Serbia, for example, in Belgrade, there's a lot of stray dogs on the street. And they just, some. I mean, sometimes they'll even just follow you around, like uh, waiting for food and stuff. I mean, they look harmless, but still, you never know, you know. Yeah, there. I guess most of them are okay, but I'm not. Already, I wasn't a dog person, so I don't tend to be comfortable around dogs. Anyways, I wouldn't come to them. Right, makes just sense. that this dog came to me, and I. But I still don't understand why this dog did what it did. It just, I admit, that doesn't sound normal, right? That a dog would just bite you out of nowhere, would, like, would, like would not even bark and would just slowly walk to you, bite your leg, and walk away. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. That's that's very weird. Uh, and did you ever did you ever know if it? Because you said that you weren't too sure if it was rabies or not, so you just took all the shots just to be safe. Did you ever find out if it actually was rabies? No, you can't. You can't know that. I mean, it's likely. It's there's a high probability that the, the dog didn't have rabies. I mean, didn't have any symptoms. Right. Which doesn't mean anything because you know the symptoms show up. I think a week later it could take a, a while. So, so there was a so there is a, there is a tiny chance 
that this dog could have rabies. It was a very tiny chance, but it wasn't zero. Right. And you don't mess with that because the result is death. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, death. of course. So of course. So, take so re- chance with that. So regardless of whether, I mean, if the dog's actually showing signs of rabies, then you're definitely going to go do all that well, stuff, but you still can't take the yeah. chance because it depends. That dog might be not at that stage where it's showing those signs. So yeah, exactly. you definitely just, you can't take a chance at all. That's right. Well, at least most people wouldn't. Some people are pretty gung-ho and they may do that. Like some people go into countries with uh, malaria and they don't take malaria prophylactics. Wow. For example, but, you know, I, I take mine. But they'll say, oh, well, you know, you don't need to take that. The chances are very small. But this is malaria, right? You usually recover from malaria. Yeah. But rabies is different stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. What an incredible story. I'm so glad that you that you spent some time to share that with us. Uh, thank you so oh, much. That's amazing. I'm now. We're, I'm, sw- I'm sweating from telling it again every time. I'm so sorry. I needed huh? to make you relive relive the past again. But but I'm so. I mean, this story is, is going to be so. It's beneficial for the to the listeners to hear this kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I'm so glad that everything worked out for you. And, and I, I I love how you had to plan. Um, okay, 14 days. Okay, that's enough time for me to go to Patagonia, and then I need to get back to a fridge. Like I, I it's just it sounds yeah. like. Mission impossible I, almost, but <laughs> I live I live between fridges. Always, there's going to be a fridge. How, how long is it going to take me to get to this <laughs> to the guest house fridge. And fridge? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's incredible. So, where can people find you? Uh, well, on uh, bigtravelnut.com. That's pretty much how you would spell it. Big, B-I-G, travel, T-R-A-V-E-L, nut, N-U-T. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad that you were here. You were amazing. That was an amazing story. Um, Yeah, truly. Thank you for having me. All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to the show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device, please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and its episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. Cheers. Cheers.